Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter. My wife Heather and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Izzy, as well. You're all good to go. Fantastic. Hi, everyone. How is everyone tonight? Yeah, let me waffle while I open my laptop. Oh, look, it's all set up already. I'm so good. That's amazing. Yeah, if you don't know me, I'm Anna Porter. I'm newly the creative director at KCC. Um, Thanks. Don't cl- clap too soon. We don't know. We haven't seen what I can do yet. So we might, we might need to change that to a thumbs down. I don't know. No, I'm just joking. Jasmine's looking at me like, don't talk about yourself that way. Look, I'm so happy to be here tonight. Um, first of all, I just want to honour my parents-in-law who are also the pastors of the house. Um, yeah, why don't we just like honour them? I feel so um, honoured and privileged to be on this platform. Thank you so much for entrusting it to me. I love you both a lot. So as you know, we're going through the series of Acts, uh, the book of Acts in the Bible. Um, I want to encourage you if you have missed a Sunday in the last couple of months, I think it is, or a few months, go back and listen to our podcast because you don't want to miss out. We've got such good stuff coming out of this. But also read Acts in your own time at home because that's where you'll really get the juice out of it. You know, we can only preach so much. We're not going to go over every single sermon and do an exegy on every single one. That's just too much. So go home, study it yourself. We want to do this as a church. But tonight... I'm going to be focusing in chapters 19 and 20. And I'm, I'm breaking a preaching rule because I'm, I'm not starting with a funny story. I know, it's, I just have too much to talk about. So I don't know, I'll try and be funny to make up for it, but it never really works when you're trying. So I'm going to break down Acts 19 and 20 really quickly. So in Acts 19, Paul goes to Ephesus. He's teaching and baptizing people in the Holy Spirit. Revival breaks out, lots of people being saved. One man gets angry, starts a riot, but the town clerk calms everyone down. And then chapter 20, Paul goes to Macedonia, then to Greece. He continues on to Troas. Then the story of Eutychus happens, lots more travel. Paul and Miletus sends for the elders of Ephesus, encourages them and leaves them. Boom. Good, so I'm done. I, that was all he wanted me to do, right, Pastor Rob? That's, he can't hear me. <laughs> so my message title tonight is Go Back Upstairs. And for the first few points, we're going to camp in chapters. Gosh, I sound like Fred, don't I? He always says that. We're going to camp here. Uh, I, I'm married to him, so I'm going to pick stuff up. It's okay. I'm happy about it. It's <laughs> cute. Yeah. We're going to camp in chapter 19 for the first few points, so let's have a read-through of some of that. So like I said, we see Paul travel and stay in Ephesus for a while. Things started to get crazy. They were having revival. Let's read Acts chapter 19, verses 11 to 12. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. Skipping a few to verse 19 and to 20. 
And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. And they added up the prices of the books and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So I think that was a lot. So the word of the Lord was growing and prevailing mightily. Revival was breaking out. People were getting healed. People were getting set free. It kind of makes me think of, I don't know if you've, um, if you've heard of Sean, I think, is it, do you say Fucht? Foyt. Oh, that's way off. <laughs> Sean Foyt, um, way more fancy. In America, he started this movement called Hold the Line. It's got a couple of other names, but Hold the Line. And he goes from state to state and has outdoor gatherings of thousands of people revival. The, the altars at the end are filled with, no lie, I've seen photos and videos, drugs, alcohol, I don't know, witchcraft devices, things that are bad, like just full of stuff. It's incredible though, I know. It's fun. It's amazing. Revival is breaking out over there and this is what this makes me think of. Revival was happening. It says in verse 17 that the name of Jesus became known to all Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus. So the name of Jesus was going everywhere. People were hearing it. It says that they were filled with wonder and fear. And it's just incredible what was happening. And then, everyone say, and then, and then. And then in verse 23, it says, there occurred no small disturbance, say disturbance, of the way. Mm-hmm. From verse 24 onwards, we see a man named Demetrius. Now, he's an idol maker. Now, in Ephesus at the time, the, the main goddess that they worshipped was Artemis. And she had a huge temple dedicated to her. Huge. Um, I've med- med- many, blah, 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 read many reports that it was the biggest in even all of Rome. Huge, huge, huge temple. And then you'd come out of the temple... And outside of it would be a marketplace where people would be selling, I don't know, artifacts and things to do with Artemis. So you would go to the temple, you'd pray, you'd worship, you'd come out, you'd go to the marketplace and you'd probably buy a little idol Artemis to take home and worship at home, right? And this guy, Demetrius, he was an idol maker and an idol seller. And he gets mad. This is so cool. He gets mad because he was losing business because of the revival that was breaking out, right? So cool. I know. It's not my point. It's the Bible's point. But it's amazing. He gets mad. He, so he, he draws a crowd in and he goes, he goes, guys, come together. We need to talk about what's happening here, right? I love what he does here. He's a bit like, you know, I'm, I'm losing business. But he re- I think I think he really hides it behind oh, but, you know, we need to, like, um, poor Artemis, we need to stand up for her and her social justice, you know. That's, that just came out. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Should I read the next verse in that? Verse 27, Demetrius says, Not only is there danger that this trade of ours will fall into disrespect, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be regarded as worthless and that she whom all of Asia and the world will worship will even be dethroned for her magnificence. So he's like, he's, I think he's hiding his true cause. He's like, he's afraid he's losing business and he's losing money, but he's like, oh, I'll stand for Artemis. You know, <laughs> glad you guys like that. What happens next is where we're really going to focus some of our attention tonight. In verse 29, the city was filled with confusion from what Demetrius was saying. And they rushed together in one accord 
They rushed together in one accord into the theatre, dragging Gaius, Aristarchus, and Aristarchus, Paul's Macedonian travelling companions. So they're in this theatre, they're yelling, emotions are high, things are happening, it is very confusing. Verse 32 says, So then some were shouting one thing and some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and the majority did not know for what reason they had come together. But they were just there, right? And then I love this guy. The town clerk comes in and calms everyone down. But I kind of love him because he just brings logic. He's just like, guys, you're all idiots. Just calm down. (laughs) Verse 40, he says, For indeed we are in danger of being accused of a riot. I think it's a bit too late, town clerk. In connection with today's events, since there is no real cause for it. And in this connection, we will be unable to account for this disorderly gathering. All right, point one. Point one. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. So in Acts, there was a revival that broke out, right? And then what happened? There was a disturbance of the way. There was a distraction of the way. I'm going to get a little bit vulnerable here with you guys tonight. I've been a bit nervous about this, you know? I got a bit of pride, but I'll lay it down just for you. We're not recording this, right? No. (laughs) I don't know if you guys remember, but... (laughs) Okay. Two years ago... We had something, it wasn't COVID, but we had a movement sweep the world. You might not have heard about it. It wasn't really that big. It was Black Lives Matter. And I want to speak into that a little bit because I was really involved in that movement. Now, before I move on, I think that I could balance everything as much as I possibly could and there will still be people that get mad and still be people that get offended because if you're going to choose offence, you're going to choose offence. But... I want you to hear what I'm saying, okay? I abhor racism. I still believe everything that I posted and marched for in 2020. Absolutely. My motives were pure. Absolutely. I abhor racism. I do believe there's inequality in Indigenous people and with our government. I can't believe a treaty still hasn't been signed. I believe all of this. However, I didn't stop and slow down and listen to the wise people in my life telling me, just have another look at what this movement is doing. Have a look at the undercurrents. Is it holy? Is it God? I didn't stop. I rushed in one accord with a lot of other people. And since then, I believe my research and what I have seen happen in society has shown me that the undercurrents of that movement, again, I believe everything that I was marching for, it was pure, but I don't believe that movement was pure. And I think that it is damaged and is damaging society in a very big way. And I believe that there are demonic and evil undercurrents there. But I rushed. I rushed. I got distracted. The devil... Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. The devil wants us distracted. I don't know who here has read The Screwtape Letters. It's a great book by C.S. Lewis. Please read it. It's absolutely incredible. For those who haven't read it, I'm going to give you a little premise uh, for what it's about. So basically, get your heads around this. It's written from the perspective of a demon. Yeah. In hell, right? And he's writing to his nephew demon. Apparently, demons have nephews who's on earth and has a, they call them patience, a Christian patient, right? Anyway, this demon in hell is writing to his nephew and giving him tips and advice basically on how to get his Christian target to hell, 
how to get him to change camps, right? You're not in God's camp, you're in the enemy's camp now. But, you know, he needs tips, he needs advice because sometimes it's, it can be hard, thank goodness. And I'm just going to read a little excerpt from the screw tape letters. So, the real trouble about, now remember, this is a demon talking, okay? How to get a Christian to hell. The real trouble about the set your patient is living is that it is merely Christianity. What we want, demons, if men become Christians at all, is to keep them in the state of mind I call Christianity and. You know, Christianity in the crisis, Christianity in the new psychology, Christianity in the new order, Christianity in faith healing, Christianity in psychical research, Christianity in vegetarians. <laughs> C.S. Lewis is savage. Christianity in spelling reform. If they must be Christians, honestly, I agree with him, honestly. If they must be Christians, let them at least be Christians with a difference. Substitute for faith itself some fashion with a Christian colouring. So what's he saying there? Try and, try and get them to think that God's mission, God's mandate isn't enough. Right? How can we apply that today? I'm a Christian, but I'm, I'm woke. I'm a Christian and I'm deconstructing my faith. I'm a Christian and I'm chasing my career. I'm a, I'm a Christian and I'm an individual. I'm a Christian and social justice, Christianity and my feelings. Now, I know that I said good things in there. You're like, hang on, a career's not a bad thing. Hang on, being an individual, having, you know, emotions, it's not a bad thing. Social justice isn't always a bad thing. Let me tell you tonight, it is a bad thing if you're not putting it at the foot of the cross, but above it. That's when it becomes a distraction, right? Point number two, don't get confused. So again, the mob in Acts, what happened? They, they were distracted and then they got confused, right? Distracted, then confused. Now, I want you to go back and listen to Fred's preach from last week in the PM. It was fantastic. It was amazing. I'm talking about this in one point. He talked about it in a whole message. He talked about being certain of your faith, certain about what you believe in. And I can't stress it enough. It was, I know I'm biased, but it was awesome. Why did he preach this? He preached this because there is mass confusion in society right now, right? There really, really is. When you look around, it's unbelievable. Now, while confusion might not be a new thing to society, I think it is more prevalent today because of social media, because of texting. We tell each other information. We watch things constantly. There's, there's new conspiracy theories and that person has that advice, but that person has that advice and it's constantly hitting us all the time. No wonder society is confused. I was reading this the other day, John 18, 37 to 38. Now, Jesus has just been arrested and he's talking to Pilate. And we're going to read from there. Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this purpose, I have been born. And for this, I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Now, I know, Pastor Caleb, that you know, I'm reading this through my own interpretation and, you know, what's happening in society right now. So this might not be the correct exegete. I just want to put that out there, Professor. <laughs> but when I read this, I was like, whoa. What I hear Pilate saying there is truth is subjective. What is truth? He doesn't say what truth. He says, what is truth? Yeah. There's a documentary out at the moment. It's very right wing 
which is great. And it's by, it's called What is a Woman? It's by The Daily Wire and I suggest everyone watch it. It's absolutely fantastic. Very important documentary for our time. And the producer, Matt Walsh, is out on the street and he's talking and interviewing people and he goes up to this young lady and he says to her, what would you say right now if I said that I was a woman? And she said, well, that's your truth. You're a woman. And he goes, okay. What would you say right now if I told you that I, I'm not here? I actually don't exist. I actually, I'm, I'm not in front of you. I'm not even a person. I just don't exist. And she goes, well, well, that's your truth. And he goes, yeah, but it's not the truth. You know, like you can touch me. I'm here. You can see me. I'm physically here. And she goes, but if that's your truth, then it is the truth. And I went, oh my God, that is so dangerous. No wonder society is confused, right? Church, now more than ever, we need to be sure and certain of the truth. We need to know what we believe in and be okay with that. If you're confused, you need to know the truth. And again, go back and listen to Fred's message on what the truth is. He gives lots of keys into, you know, how to, you know, stand in the truth and, and what, what the truth is. I don't know. It's in the Bible. Just a hint for you there. It's crazy, I know. Point number three, don't be part of the crowd. So looking back on the story in Acts, they were distracted. What's next? They were confused, but they stayed. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that amazing? It says in verse 32, the majority did not know for what reason they had come together. They didn't even know why they were rioting, but they just did it anyway because they were there now and why not stay, right? How crazy is that? If you remember, I read in verse 17 that the name of Jesus was becoming known across the whole region. Everyone was hearing his name. So again, might be my own interpretation. But I believe that because of that verse, that there were probably many people in that gathering, in that riot, that had heard the miracles and what had been being, being done in Jesus' name. I actually think there were probably some churchgoers and some Christians in that gathering just because it was happening and people were there and yeah they were confused but we may as well stay now right the safety in a crowd there's momentary peace in following the crowd but tonight I just want to I want to give you a challenge I guess to stop and ask yourself is this the right crowd there's so many loud movements in society at the moment and the loudest and the strongest and we can get so fearful of being cancelled. We can get so fearful of online bullying. I get it. I just did one of those anonymous questionnaire things. It was fine. But I was a bit scared, you know. I was like, I have to answer every question and then I regretted that, but that's all right. We need to be set apart. We need to be set apart, church. Now, I know, I know, I know I've brought a lot of problems. I know I've kind of gone like this, right? And I want to bring a solution. So we're going to move into chapter 20. Now, in chapter 20, Paul goes to Macedonia, then to Greece, continues on to Troas, and the story of Eutychus happens. So point four, go back upstairs. We're going to read from verse 7 to 12, chapter 20. 
On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to leave the next day. And he prolonged his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered together. And there was a man, a young man named Eutychus sitting on the windowsill. So let me just pause there. <laughs> I love that. Paul began talking to them, intending to leave the next day. And he prolonged his message until midnight. So he, in other words, he was preaching a long time. Okay, he'd been preaching a very, don't judge Eutychus. Okay, he was preaching a really, really long time. Just have some grace, guys. Come on. And there was a young man named Eutychus sitting on the windowsill, sinking into a deep sleep. And as Paul kept on talking, he was overcome by sleep and fell down from the third floor and was picked up dead. Holy moly. (laughs) That guy died because someone was preaching for too long. Oh, that's mortifying. But Paul went down and fell upon him. And after embracing him, he said, do not be troubled for his life is in him. When he had gone back upstairs and had broken the bread and eaten, he talked with them a long while until daybreak. I love it. He's like, I'm going to preach even longer. And then left. They took away the boy alive and were greatly comforted. Now, while that story, every time I read it, I have a chuckle. I also think it's incredibly powerful. Not because a boy was raised from the dead, although that's incredible, that's a miracle. But because Paul was preaching, he was doing the work of the Lord, he was in mission with God, and a distraction happened. And he had to deal with that distraction, someone died. But what did he do? He went back upstairs. Oof. He still obeyed. After Black Lives Matter, I was confused. I got distracted and then I was confused. I was like, it all fizzled out and it all died down. I was like, what do I do now with all this energy and justice and drive? And I stepped back from ministry, not from church, not from God, but from what I was doing in the church. I stepped back, actually stepped off everything. And I started studying a Bachelor of Arts majoring in social justice. Three months into this, I was really enjoying it. It was really fun, it was really interesting, learning a lot about woke stuff. But I was really into it, I was really happy. And then I felt a tap on my shoulder. I was like, yes, God? He said, Anna, I just wanna tell you something. I just want to tell you something. I was like, okay. He said, you can do, you can, you can do this. You can chase this and you will be happy and you will be blessed and I'll be with you and I will love you. But I just want you to know, I just want you to know, Anna, that it was not plan A. You can do it. I give you permission to do it. I give you the choice to do it. And I will still love you and you'll still be a Christian. But it was never plan A for your life. And that left me no choice. No choice at all because I want plan A for my life. I want what God put me on this earth for my life. Paul was ministering. was doing what God called him to do. And there was a distraction. 
Something happened. He dealt with it and then he went back upstairs. Let me tell you tonight, he didn't get offended and leave the church. He went back upstairs. He didn't question God's nature. He didn't deconstruct his faith. He went back upstairs. He didn't stop serving at church to rest. Sorry if that offends someone. He went back upstairs. He didn't turn to alcohol. He didn't get distracted. He didn't get confused. He didn't follow the crowd. He went back upstairs. Come on, why do you stand with me tonight? Come on church. I feel like there's people here tonight that need to go back upstairs. I feel like there's people here tonight that that's been happening for a while. I feel like there's people here tonight and 10 years ago, you left your dream at the door because something happened, something legit happened, but you never went back upstairs. You stayed down the stairs and tonight is the night. I'm giving you an opportunity. Tonight is the night for you to go back up those stairs. Come on, the altar is open. Come on, we're gonna start singing. I want you to come out the front. I feel like there's people here tonight there's a distraction starting in front of you it's whispering it's on social media and it's saying hey you're a Christian and you're a Christian and Christianity and tonight is the night for you to say no I'm a Christian that is it I am a Christian and that is all I've called to be and that is all that matters in my life. So right now, if that's you, I want you to come out the front. Your thighs might start to burn as you walk up those stairs. You might start sweating. It's gonna be hard, but let me tell you, family, it is worth it. Even if you only get up a couple of steps, it is worth it. Tonight is the night for you to go back upstairs, pick up that dream, pick up that mantle that God has on your life. Come on, keep coming. I believe there's still people here tonight that right now your friends are telling you one thing, but you know another thing and you want to stay upstairs. If you're feeling confused, if you're feeling distracted, if you're feeling like, I don't think this is the right crowd that I'm in, come forward. We want to pray with you tonight. Jesus is the only thing that matters. Jesus has your life tonight. Come on, lift it up. Jesus. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with Him today. When we read scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus his son to die in our place, to deal with the sin problem, and he rose again so that we can have eternal life with him. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. If you're ready to do that, and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you. So please contact us at hello at kingdomculturechurch.com.au.